Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm running solo today, no pun intended, but I wanted to come on and recap a little bit of the race that I ran at this stage. This was yesterday, that's the 2nd of February, Groundhog Day. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I went through a couple of things on, on race day, you know, nothing major, but I thought it would be nice to bring back the sort of race recaps that we haven't done in a while and of course Zach and I last week did our recap of our training run so I thought let's keep that sort of theme alive and kicking so of course Zach's not with me today just because I'm recording this uh, earlier in the day and I I just figured I would do it really right away as it was still clear and fresh in my mind so you're going to hear a few of the clips from race day and as we did last week, and now I've always done on my recaps or lessons from a race episodes, I will kind of comment on those things as they come up. So we're going to get into it. Let's get into that first of three, the first race of three of the Sunset Series here in Melbourne. And that was at the Melbourne Zoo yesterday, the 2nd of February. All right. Well, it is race day, and I've just gotten to the festival area so i'm excited to do some recording while i'm here a little bit of a lessons from a race which i haven't been able to do in such a long time uh, because of the lack of races and of course when i run a spartan it's a little bit harder for me to keep track of everything and i certainly can't uh, record on the actual race i don't know that i will record the actual race today either just because i'm going to try to you know speed it up a bit just do it for time see where i'm at uh, i haven't trained for this distance specifically. I've been doing some repeats, but nothing really specific to try to get my 5k down. Of course, this is a 4.8 kilometer race, which is kind of, I feel like I'm going to get to the end of the 4.8 and be like, oh man, I just want to do that extra 200 meters and just like blast past the uh, finish line. There are no medals in this race unless you uh, place uh, first, second, or third, which is kind of a bummer. And in terms of race swag, I can't even pick that up today because apparently they've had some logistical issues. So I'll have to wait until the second of the third race to do this. So I'm doing the three races. There's here at the Melbourne Zoo. The second one's at the Tan. The third one is at the I Can't Remember, but it'll be somewhere. Um, so they're basically um, two weeks apart. So my next race will be a few days after the Spartan Ultra. So it'll be kind of like a cool down race, uh, shakeout run. I won't run that one for speed or anything but yeah so i've just gotten here kind of pre-race nerves are starting to kick in as they do but i'm excited to see how it goes and i will catch you all in the festival area so many first world problems in that <laughs> in that first recording you know um from you know not being able to get my medal or a medal to not being able to get the swag to oh man this race isn't quite 5k so i want to keep going at the end of it but it's it's actually really interesting talking about the medals and the placing already it was in my mind that i wasn't going to place for this race and that's kind of i and i've said this before that you need to set realistic goals but it's also not great to have something like that already in your mind like I shouldn't have counted myself out necessarily. You know, I was, though, realistic about it. You know, had I trained specifically for this thing, maybe I would have had a bit of a different mindset. I did go in there with an A goal of basically, you know, coming in under 20 minutes. And also part of my A goal was that I wanted to 
place in my age group. And, you know, you have to have some kind of goal when you're doing a race. I mean, whether that is simply to have fun or to finish or, you know, all the way up to, yes, I want to podium. There's There's got to be some kind of goal in there. And for me, even though I wasn't sure that I would podium, I did have that specific goal. Now, I didn't train specifically for it, but like I said in the recording, I had been doing some repeats. So I, I knew that that was kind of in my wheelhouse. And it was also a goal that I thought, yes, whilst in my wheelhouse, it's also going to be challenging because I didn't know the course. And there were a couple of inclines on the course. They weren't like terribly, you know, steep inclines or anything that I would call hills. But when you're going at a certain speed, it's it was enough to slow you down. And I had no knowledge of that because I didn't really look at the course map uh, beforehand. Well, I looked at the course map, but I didn't look at like, I guess they wouldn't they wouldn't have an elevation map in something like that. So you're just basically hitting these inclines and it's like, oh, well, bummer. Just got to kind of go with what you can. So that was that. Uh, I did not, spoiler alert, <laughs> I didn't get to the end of the race and push through to the uh, complete the 5K just because I was kind of, I was, you know, I didn't, there wasn't enough room for me to do that and it would have looked really strange. Not that I necessarily care about what other people think, but I didn't want to crash into anybody either. It probably would have been a logistical, a little bit unsafe. But yeah, other than that, that was, that was the first part of that race. All right, I'm in the race festival. It's a bit quiet because I'm still about an hour early before anything really starts, but the race festival opened at 5. That's about five minutes ago. Um, again, still quiet, but they've got a bunch of stuff that looks like is going to be happening. I think there's going to be um, music, uh, live music on stage. There is a stage area, obviously. Uh, the Soul Motive tent is there. There's a Brooks tent, so for those of you who don't know, Brooks are a brand of running shoe. Uh, there is uh, sports massage. There's on-the-day entries, which is awesome. Um, they do have a bag drop, which I'll be taking advantage of a little bit later. But yeah, um, I haven't... Oh, there is. there are food stalls, so hopefully I can get a pre-raised coffee. You guys know how much I love that. And uh, that's where we're at. Catch it. All right, things are starting to pop a little bit more. We just had a pre-raised announcement. <clears throat> They're going to run, like I said, warm-ups. Um, actually, I don't know if I said that. Well, now I'm saying it. They're going to run warm-ups in a little bit, about 15 minutes. Uh, and then they'll start shuffling everybody over the first wave. Uh, it's a little bit cool. It's kind of nice weather for a run, but it's also starting to rain. Which is fine. I've done, I think, three out of the last four PBs that I've done in the rain, so why not? Um, I don't know if I'll talk to you before I start. So if not, I might catch you at the finish line. Oh, it's really raining now. That's exciting. Go team. Go team. So the race festival area was just about as normal as you'd think you would find for a race, you know. It wasn't huge, but generally the race festivals that I've been to for smaller races aren't. Even for the Melbourne Marathon, you know, there's a handful of stalls. So with this with this race, there was, there was the Brooks. There was another, I think, sort of running merchandise tent. There was a couple of food stalls. Uh, there was the drinks... It was like a bar area, which was like an outdoor bar area, which was nice. And spoilers, I didn't get my pre-race coffee. I just didn't, I just didn't um, feel like getting one because by the time I kind of got settled, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just do a warm up. And yeah, it was. I mean, the the atmosphere was good. It was great. The the announcer was coming on every maybe I don't know. 
three or four minutes just to you know make little announcements and and let everybody know what was going on so it was good like in in the sense of if, if it's something like your first race because i know that a lot of times when you go to your first race it's you're you're kind of unclear and what you need to be doing this event was really good at that so if it was your first race and you were going here the sunset series you'd know exactly where you needed to be and when you know the probably the only critique i will give on that is just the sound system wasn't great and i don't know if that had anything to do with the weather i would think not but the the sound system wasn't great so it was a bit of a struggle to hear the announcer or the mc uh, you know over over everything even even at the starting line which we'll get into a little bit later it was a little bit harder to hear but you know, if if you're at kind of race day, you should probably be paying attention to your to the surroundings and the goings on anyway. So yeah, it was it was good. I sat there for as long as I sat there, and then I warmed up, and you know, letting that anxiety not anxiety but pre race nerves sort of build up. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It can really help you perform. It does help me perform. I find because when I have all that pent up energy and nerves, I'm like, boom, gun, go. So that kind of helped me. I think in the long run, well. The short run, really. All right, well, we're at the start line now. <clears throat> Only a few minutes left. This will be my last recording before I finish. Um, definitely pre-race nerves have kicked in. So very excited to see how I do. Like I said, I'm doing this one for time. Um, so we'll see what happens. I will say before we start, it was kind of weird. They corralled us all to the start line at 545. The race starts at 6.15. It only took us about five minutes to walk, so now we're just kind of standing here looking at the start line for 25 minutes. Um, <clears throat> nothing like helping the nerves out, but last recording, I promise, now <laughs> before the end. Uh, so we'll catch you on the other side. Okay, last one, I swear. Another interesting thing is um, the nature of the course. It's You're running through the zoo, you're running one lap outside of the zoo, one lap inside the zoo, and then one lap outside of the zoo. So three laps in total uh, for 4.8 kilometers. The volunteers kind of aren't aware of that because somebody just asked one of the volunteers, um, what is the course? And he was like, I think it's this. And the answer that he gave her was wrong. And then he said, go and ask the race director there. And I'm like, I feel like that should be something that should be like, something that you don't get wrong i don't know i don't know i mean i know that they've got a lot of stuff to worry about as volunteers but that seems pretty yeah anyway i'm kind of hoping that the course is marked because <laughs> if anybody's gonna get lost it's gonna be me all right so we all know that from past race recap episodes it's never the last recording every time i say this is the last recording before xyz I always record more. That's fine. Whatever. So, yeah. So, just a couple of reflections there. So, you know, it was interesting to me that they corralled us all over to the starting line that soon. I mean, I don't... I don't... I didn't realize how large the event would be. Just, you know, in that in that sort of wave, there was uh, almost 400 people. So, it was 369 people. And that's just, I guess... That would, I would think that if I'm the race organizer, okay, we've got almost 400 people here. Let's probably get them over as fast as we can. And that makes sense. Like, because I didn't, I didn't realize that because when I, when I was recording that, 
you know, I was looking behind me and there wasn't that many people. It maybe looked like a hundred people. But then a few minutes later, like just, it just grew uh, by, a, by well, by over three times. Um, and so, I, I don't know. I still think that that was a bit early. I think that they could have probably held it off because not that you had to go over there. Look, we are all in charge of our own you know, responsibilities, right? So if like, if I'm a racer and I know that the race starts at 6.15 and I know that the walk to get to the start line is like really short, I don't necessarily need to be there at 5.45. So, but I guess, again, if it's your first race and you're corralled over there that early, that's like a lot of waiting time. And it's not, it's not, I don't know. I, I feel like, for something like the Melbourne Marathon, when there are thousands of people, yes, yes, that's probably a little bit more needed. But I think they probably jumped the gun a little bit there. But that's fine. Like, it's probably better to be overprepared and there, you know, much more early than you need to be than to be at all late. And in terms of the volunteers, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm very much... I always give the volunteers credits. For those of you who know and have listened to past race recap episodes, I'm always the first one to say, you know, give the volunteers a hand. They do awesome work. And this was no exception. Like, the volunteers there were very good. But I will say that, you know, the knowledge of the course should have been a little bit more strong. There were a couple of volunteers that kind of... I don't like saying this, but it almost felt like they didn't want to be there. You know, like every time they had to do something, it was kind of like they did it with a chip on their shoulder. And that's not a great look, you know. I mean, not that you have to be smiling and jumping up and down the entire time, but it's sometimes really clear when you're doing something that you don't want to be doing. You kind of, if you're at, if you're if you're going to be a volunteer at a race like this, you kind of got to hide that a little bit, you know, because especially first-time racers, they might be looking at you, you know, and, you know, they want to be inspired to do this race. They don't want to be looking at you if you're looking like you don't want to be there either. So if you're, you know, when you when you do see a volunteer that's acting like that or speaking to other volunteers or other racers like they kind of don't want to be there, it's a bit of a bummer. But again... You know, I take that with a grain of salt because, you know, maybe those volunteers had a bad day. Maybe they had a horrible setup. Maybe they didn't want to be there in the cold and, you know, it was something had happened to them that day. So I get it. You know, things happen and there are always exceptions to the rule. So I'm not I'm not worried about that too, too much. But yeah, so that was that was the beginning of the race. And, you know, it was it was again, the atmosphere was awesome. There were a lot of people there. You know, the, they had the, uh, they, they did ask all the runners who expected to be in the top 10 to go right up to the start line so that they could, they could take off as quickly as possible. I kind of, when, when the announcer said that, I was like, well, I'm not, not expecting myself to be in the top 10, but I'm not expecting myself to be in the top 10 because I don't know. I just don't know. I've not run this before. I've not trained for this specifically. I don't know what the other runners are going to do. So I just kind of sat somewhere in between the runners up front expecting to be top 10 and the runners behind me expecting to just to sort of run their own race and and maybe not expect to come in top 10. So I was kind of like in between. I was on the fence. 
And that's that's kind of how I sat until we started running. All right. Well, <clears throat> I am in the car. I've just finished. Um, I am pretty happy with how I went. I did it in under 20 minutes, and that's that's all I wanted to do. I, I finished in about 1940, and I'm almost positive. I won't know until later that I came in top 10, top 15 maybe, um, because when I got to the finish line, I think the first place winner got there maybe 40 seconds before I did. And when I got to the finish line, the third place um, finisher was already uh, was still giving his details. So that's really exciting. Um, so I'm really looking forward to see what my finish time was. It was a good. It was a good race. It was. It was fun. I started out a little bit too hot, and I, I did my first kilometer at around three. I think 345 or. 350 actually maybe 350 and so i feel like that was a bit of a hot start and there were a couple of inclines that slowed me down as well but i I think i went even paced like not even time just because of the inclines i couldn't uh into the nature of the course but i think like i said the first kilometer was like 350 second 415 third like 410 or 420 or something um and then the third, no, the fourth was about, I think a four, just at four, so I was able to speed up a little bit. And then the last point seven something kilometers, because it wasn't a full 5K, was uh, just, I think, 420, just again because you finish on an incline. But overall, it was a great experience. You know, I think, oh, you can hear the rain. Wow, didn't I finish just in time? Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm in the car, but... Um, yeah, I think I feel really bad right now for the people who are still there uh, getting rained on in the festival area. But I think it could have been – I think it was organized well enough. Uh, I did – you know, I mean, it was a race. You know, there's not too many ways you can screw it up. It does take a lot of time and effort to put a race like that together. I just think the times and the way that they corralled people could have been different. I think the volunteers could have probably been a little bit more knowledgeable – but I'm looking forward to the second and third race, and, yeah, I'm sure I'll talk a little bit more about this or have been talking a little bit more about this with Zach. So back to you, Zach, and future me in the studio. Well, sadly, only future me is around. So that was the final recording that I had of the race. You know, as I said, I did start out a bit hot. The actual race itself, really a lot of fun. So basically you do a lap outside of the zoo, then you do a lap inside the zoo, and then you do another lap outside of the zoo. And in terms of course markers, it was pretty self-explanatory. Plus they did have the volunteers at each marker to direct you in terms of what direction that you needed to be going. It was a lot of fun. It was really... It was really cool. It's basically you start and after that first loop, you head into into the, the zoo itself and you run past the lion den and all that cool stuff. And, you know, I just felt kind of strong the whole time. So I didn't I didn't ever feel like I was suffering too greatly or felt like I was going to sort of bomb out or crash. You know, granted, it was a shorter race. But certainly in a shorter race, to me, I think a shorter race like a 4 or 5K hurts more in terms of how hard you push. Not hurts in a bad way, but hurts 
you know, in terms of pushing and how much effort you're putting, I think it's probably harder than long distance, like a like a half marathon or a marathon, because by nature, you're using more, uh, you're using really kind of a different system, whereas you run like a half marathon or a marathon, you're using more of your aerobic system. And when you run a shorter race, you're looking at your sort of anaerobic system. So I'm dipping into, well, I'm dipping above my lactate threshold pace. So really, my lactate threshold pace is probably around a 440. And that's something that I would like to improve on. But that's something that I could probably hold for 30 to 60 minutes, uncomfortably comfortable, if that makes sense. So when you're running that fast, yes, it's it certainly is hard. So it was a great it was a great time. Like I said, those little inclines that come out of nowhere, they're really, really tiny, but they are deceitful because when you're going that hard, it's like, wow, that's uh, that's just I don't need this right now. <laughs> but you push past it and it's fine. So overall, you know, I'm really, really happy with how I did. So I finished my official time was 19 minutes and 37 seconds. So that's well under the 20 minute mark that I wanted to hit my overall place uh, for that for that wave was 10th out of 369. My gender place was 10th out of 147. And my category, which is my age group, was second out of 35. So for my age group, I actually, if they had offered podiums for age group, I would have podiumed the second place in in my age group. And I was really, really happy with that. And I did finish in that top 10. So, you know, it was just really exciting. It was a great way to start road racing again because obviously I haven't done a road race in about probably almost three years at this point. I think the last road race that I did would have been the Melbourne Marathon actually and that was in 2020 I think the last one or 2019. And of course, that one, I had to walk half of it because my knee gave out on me. And then every race since then, you know, have been Spartan races. So this, this, I was, I was really happy with how this went. And so for the first road race in a long time, really excited. Of course, I will do two more of these. The next one will be after the Spartan Ultra. And then the third one will be a couple weeks after that. So the third one, I'm doing the 8K, uh, so that's a five-mile race. So really, really happy. Overall, great experience. Looking forward to the other races. So the other races are at Princess Park and the Tan. So it'll be interesting to see how those go. But other than that, sort of last-minute reflections, I think the, the thing that I took home from this is, you know, you're going to have expectations for yourself and you always kind of, it's always a good thing. Okay. So I'll, I'll take it to the actual physical way that I do this, right? So if I'm, I'm racing, I try to find somebody and I've said this before, somebody who's a little bit, who looks, which is, you know, subjective, but looks a little bit fitter than me. looks like they could probably run a little bit faster than me. And I'll try to keep up with them as much as I can without burning myself out too much. And that's kind of that's kind of like how I like to set my expectations too. I like to set expectations and goals, possibly that little bit higher than is necessarily possible, but doable. So in other words, I don't want to set a goal that is so easy 
that there's no reason that I can't that I can't achieve it. So I want you 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 want to set goals that are slightly out of your comfort zone because when you achieve them it makes it so much greater. So for me that top 10 whilst it would have been nice it was something that I was like oh well I don't really know it's maybe a little bit out out of that comfort zone a little bit out of that realm of possibility but then you find something and you dig deep and you push as hard as you can and you run your race and so when you hit that goal if and when you hit that goal it's a really nice surprise so when I looked at that it was really cool like coming into the finish line seeing that the third place person was still giving their details I was like oh well if that person has just done the third place overall I couldn't have been that far behind of course that person, I think, was about 20 or 30 seconds ahead of me. So in, in 20 or 30 seconds, obviously, you know, six other people before me finished. So that's a long time in a race. I think the first place winner got, I think, I think he was somewhere between 17 and 18 minutes. So that's, that was, that's fast, you know, so that he would be probably like a 17 and a half, 18 minute 5k runner. And he looked like he would have been. So there's that. So, you know, you set those expectations, try to set them a little bit higher, set those goals a little bit higher. And if you fail and you don't reach it the first time, that's fine. There's always going to be more chances to reach those goals. So just because you fail once doesn't mean that you give up. You fail once, you learn what you need to learn, and then you go back and you do it again. So now, the next time I run a road race like this, I will say, all right, well, top 10 is certainly within the realm of possibility. Let's try for top five. And maybe that's a little bit out of the realm of possibility, but it's also something that I can achieve for. And especially if it's going to be a race that I can specifically train for. So the next one, I probably won't, I'm not even going to set an expectation there because it's going to be a few days after the Spartan 50K. So I'm just going to do that one just to run it, just to have fun. So I'm not actually for that specific one. And this is the other thing. It's okay to not always have a goal in your race. Sometimes you can just go out there just to have a good time and that's fine. And that's what I'll do. I'll go out and I'll run it and I'll just use it as a bit of a, a, a cool down from the ultra. And then the 8K, I'll probably put another goal on because that's a couple weeks after that and I'm hoping I'll be fully recovered. And so that 8K, again, I will probably, for that one, because it's a longer distance, for that one, I'm more going to set a time rather than I'm hoping to come in top 10 or top whatever. So for that one, I'm not sure. I'm going to see how I'm feeling. And the other thing is you could set your goal on the day of the race, depending on how you're feeling. Like you want to have an A goal leading up to the race, but then you have to kind of be prepared to compromise that on the day of if you feel like you're feeling a certain way and that's all right like that's that's all right because really race day comes down to just that yes you can do the training yes the training matters but sometimes race day is unpredictable it's not guaranteed you know whether it's the weather whether it's how you're feeling whether it's the nature of the course and that's okay so that was that was my that was my little recap of the sunset series race one at the melbourne zoo i hope you enjoyed that be sure that you keep up to date with the podcast. Make sure you go back and listen to those older episodes. The next episodes that are going to come out, probably going to have a little bit more to do with my Spartan Ultra that's coming. And I really look forward to talking with you all about that. That one I'll definitely have Zach on with me. So these solo episodes are rare and I don't like to do them. I miss Zach. It makes me sad. 
but the next episode that you hear, he will be on here with me. So look, thank you so much for listening. I hope to catch you all out there on the roads, the treadmills, and the trails. Thank you so much for listening to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where Zach and I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We'll catch you next time.